Thank you for checking out the City Church Podcast today. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know you are loved. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Thank you. It's too kind. <laughs> well, hello, ladies. How's everybody? Are you good? You know, I was actually really blessed. I, I don't sing when I'm going to speak, um, generally, because I want to save my voice for you. But I was standing over there, and I was listening to your voices as you were singing. Will Your praise will ever be on my lips. You girls were just singing that out today. And I just said, Jesus, do you hear your girls? Do you hear your daughters singing your praises today? And I just felt like his presence came in our praises. The Bible actually says that, that God's presence comes when we praise his name. And so I believe you called it down today. You called it down with your voices. So give someone next to you a high five, say hello, and then grab your seat. So I am excited to be with you today. I do have four kids. I have a son who is 22. And then I have three daughters who are 20, 16, and 14. And between the three of them, it's never quiet in our house. (laughs) Let me just tell you that. And I am a bit of an introvert, so sometimes I like to just be away and be quiet. I would pick the vacation island by myself a hundred times every day. Every day. But I'm excited to be here with you uh, today. And uh, we are going to be talking about love. And so I just want to start with the scripture that Kristen gave me when they were starting to plan this event. It was Jeremiah 31.3, and it says, I have loved you. This is God talking. I have loved you with an everlasting love, and I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I've loved you with an everlasting love, and I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Do you know that God was drawing you before you ever even knew he existed? His kindness was reaching out to you and drawing you towards him. We were just talking about that in the car today. One of the ladies who came with me today, she heard the voice of God speak to her before she ever acknowledged him or realized who he was in her life. His kindness comes for us. And, and this idea of love, you know, every, every pop song that's ever been written, every movie we've ever watched, all comes back to our unquenchable need to love and be loved. Am I right? We hear it over and over. All you got to do is click on the radio and you can hear a sad song about how nobody loves me. <laughs> and he walked away and he left me and no, it's no good, right? We have... But we have this unquenchable desire to be loved. And you know why that is? It's because God created you in his image. The Bible says that God is love. And he created you in his image to bear and to hold his love. You are a conduit for his love here on the earth. Did you know that? You are meant to be filled with his love. And we're going to talk about that this morning. You were designed to hold the love of the Almighty God. This is a powerful thing. 
And that's why so many people in our world are searching and looking for love. Because we have this God-love-shaped void in our hearts that's longing to be filled and to be quenched by His love and His love alone. And no love of any man, no love of any girlfriend, no love of even your dog is ever going to fill that void. I know, some of us think our dogs are more loyal than anyone else we've ever met. But not even the dog can fill that void. That is a God void in your life. And I, I grew up in church. I, you know, was a pastor's daughter, so I grew up sitting on the front row of churches just like this. Been in church my whole life. But God is always showing me more about his love for me. And we're meant to understand it, and we're meant to grasp it. We're going to read that scripture a little bit later. We're meant to be filled with it. But sometimes it's, it's hard for us to understand because his love is just so big. And so it may feel like a basic topic, but we're always learning more and more and more about God's love. He's drawing us deeper. He's filling us more. He's teaching us about this love that he has for us. And God, you know, love compels us to action. John 3, 16, we, I hope we all know this. Hey, hey, let me ask this question before I go any further. Is there anyone here who, who has never been in this church building before? Anyone? Oh, there are some of you. You came with a friend or came along. Oh, it's so good. So glad to have you here. John 3, 16 says this. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God so loved. He so loved the world. Not just creation, but mankind whom he created. He loved. And we know that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and they broke that loving relationship with God. And I believe God's heart ached to be in a loving relationship again with his creation. And so that love compelled him to act. Love compels us to action. His love for us, he couldn't just stand in heaven and say, I love you, but I guess you'll never know. He was compelled to show us his love. Someone can say they love us, but sometimes it's just lip service. You know by the way they act if they really love you or not. And God so loved us, so loved us, that he was compelled to put his love into action and to come for his creation. And so he first loved us, and faith is our response to reach out and receive his love. When we come to him by faith, we can learn to understand his love and, and to reach out and to, and to actually take it on for ourselves. I believe God's love in this so loved, God so loved. I believe it's like when you're a mom and, you know, your kids are little and they're playing downstairs and there's those cries, right? There's those, mom, 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 mom. And you're like 
just, you just keep peeling the potatoes because you know it's really not all that important, right? But then there's that cry. There's the cry that makes you drop everything and run because you know it's different. You can hear it in the sound of their voice. That's being compelled by love. That's when you know they need me. And I believe that's exactly how God felt when all of creation cried out and said, we're broken. He was like a loving parent who ran towards us with his love. That's how he feels about you today. And I believe that I'm here today to just proclaim this message of love to you. God was compelled to put his love into action. And the answer to our cry was Jesus. And he sent his son to die for us. And Jesus himself was compelled by love. And I want to talk for a few moments today about a story of a woman whose name we will never know. She's faceless, nameless. We know her as the Samaritan woman or the woman at the well. And her story is recorded in John chapter 4. I don't have time to read the whole story today, so I'm just going to kind of unpack it for you if that's okay. You can write that down, John chapter 4. You can read it later. But what we find out about her story is that Jesus was compelled to bring love to her. It says at the beginning of this story that Jesus had to, to go a certain road. He, had to, he was traveling. He had to take a certain route. And it says he had to go through Samaria. Now, this is vitally important to the entire story. You could read over it and not even notice that it says he had to go through Samaria. Now, on the route he was taking, he did not have to go through Samaria. And in fact, Jews would often avoid Samaria. They would go all the way around it because Jewish people and Samaritan people did not like each other very much at all. There was a cultural feud, if you will. But Jesus had to go through. You can look that up in the Greek. You know what it means? It means he had to. It was necessary, it says. It was necessary for him to go to Samaria. And in the middle of a hot day, he sat down beside a well, and his disciples went into town to get food. And as he sat there alone, a woman came to get water from the well. Now, this is unusual in and of itself because most women would go out early in the day when it was still cool to get water for their families for the day. And then the, the camels or, you know, whatever flocks needed water would usually come again later in the cool of the day. The Bible says it was noon. It was hot. And this woman came alone. And it's been speculated that maybe she came alone because she didn't really want to run into anybody. She didn't really want to see anyone. She just wanted to slip in and get her water for the day and slip back out unnoticed. But when she came to the well that day, there was a man there. And he wasn't just any man. Now, she didn't know that. But as she came to draw her water, he began to speak to her. And he asked her, would you draw a drink for me. And she looks at him and she's, she's like confounded. She's like, why are you talking to me? Because in this single sentence, Jesus broke through every barrier she had ever known. 
Men did not talk to women. He broke through gender barriers. A rabbi or a teacher would not talk to a common person. He broke religious barriers. A Jew would not speak to a Samaritan. He broke cultural barriers. He didn't care. He was there because he was compelled by love to bring a message to this woman. And she said, why are you even, like, why are you talking to me? And he begins to get a little deeper into her story. And he asks her a question. Now, he's Jesus. He knows the answer to the question. But he asks her anyway. He says, where's your husband? And she says, I don't have one. And he says, you speak in correctly. You don't have one. You've had five, and the one you're living with right now, he's not your husband. Now that's called reading your mail. <laughs> that's like, whoa, how did this dude know what's going on in my life? And I've often wondered, why did he ask her that question? He knew, and he knew it was a source of pain in her life. And I think that's exactly why he asked the question. Because he wanted her to know that he came to answer that deepest cry of her heart. Now, I've heard a lot of messages about the Samaritan woman or the woman at the well. I've heard people call her like a prostitute or say that she was loose because she was just living with a man. But in those days, this is what we need to understand, that culturally in those days, women never divorced a man. And I don't know many prostitutes who bother getting married at all anyway. Men were allowed to divorce women. Women were not allowed to divorce men. So five times this woman had been married and either her husband kicked her out of the house or he died. That was her misfortune in life. Five times she met somebody and she thought, this is it. This is the guy. It's true love this time. I found him. And five times she was kicked out of her house. Five times. No wonder she was living with a guy and had no reason to marry him because she probably thought as soon as, as soon as I get married, he kicks me out. It happens every time. I bet she had completely given up on love. Her unquenchable desire to be loved had been put in the hands of a common man six times over. And there she stood at the well that day and this man looks her in the eye and he says, I am going to give you something that is going to quench that thirst. I am going to pour my love and my spirit into that hole that you've been trying to fill for a really long time. And when I do, it's going to flow out of you. She doesn't even understand what he's talking about. She doesn't really grasp it in the moment. She's like, I don't understand. What do you mean water? I won't be thirsty ever again. I don't know. I don't get it, right? She's trying to grasp what he's trying to say in this moment. But this is what I need you to know today, that God came into her life to shake her up. And he walked into her day to bring her exactly what she needed. And I can relate because he did it for me, too. Yes, I grew up in church. I sat on the front row. I thought I knew it all. 
And then I went to high school. Yep. I was like the only Christian kid in my high school. And I remember not far in, my dad had been on cable TV. So everyone in town could watch my dad preach on TV. Great, awesome, unless you're in grade nine. Not so awesome. <laughs> and I remember walking into my cafeteria one day. I went to a really big high school. It was about 1,200 kids. And this guy, a couple grades older than me, football player, he jumped up on a table and he started preaching just like my dad. And I remember standing there frozen with my lunch tray like, what, what do I do? And I felt so all alone and so broken. I just dropped what I had and I ran out of there. And I determined that day that I was going to prove to them that I was not the good girl they thought I was. And I spent the next four years doing so. I got myself into all kinds of trouble, looking for love, trying to fill that hole in all the wrong places. I know it's so cliche, but it's so true. I looked everywhere for it. And then I got to the point where I was so far and so broken that I didn't think God would have me back. And I actually went through every day wanting to come back to him. And I pictured him, you know, as a little girl, I pictured him with his arms wide open, kind of waiting for me to come back. But I felt like the chasm that had come between us was too deep. I felt like it was too far. And I couldn't make it back. I felt like I had done too much because I knew better. I'd gone too far. I didn't believe his grace could come for me. But I was a pastor's daughter, so I still had to go to church every Sunday. And I had gotten to the point where I had been drinking a lot, probably, you know, drunk three, four times a week for about a year and a half, just to try to numb the pain. And when you're hungover, the drums and electric guitars in our kind of churches, they're like, it's loud and it's kind of annoying. <laughs> just saying. So... I was standing there this one day during worship, and I remember thinking, God, if you still love me, I'm just so done. And no sooner did that song end than a woman came running over from the other side of the church, and she got up on her knees on the chair in front of me, and she took me by the arms, and she said, Honey, God sent me over here today to tell you that you are valuable to him. You have no idea how much I needed to hear those words and how those words pierced into my soul that day. And just like the woman at the well, when Jesus said exactly what she needed to hear, he came into my life and he spoke words that were so clear, calling me back to him, speaking exactly what I needed to hear. And I believe today that I'm here to bring this message to you because it's what you need to hear. God loves you. You are valuable to him. You are a key player in his kingdom. And he loves you dearly. You have no idea how much your love, I bet you barely Scratch the surface of how much God loves you. 
And I'm here today to tell you that he came for you. The same way he came for the woman at the well, the same way he came for me. He's here today for you. He's brought his love here for you. 1 John 3.16 says this, This is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. I love that correlation. John 3.16, 1 John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he sent his son, and this is how we know what love is, that Christ laid down his life for us. Listen, Christ was not only compelled to go to that woman in Samaria and bring his love to her, but he was compelled to go to the cross and to give his life for every human being who has ever walked the face of the planet. And the Bible says that for the joy set before him. What was that joy? You sitting here today. Every person who had ever come to believe in him and understand his love, that was the joy that was set before him. Every person that would be with him for eternity in heaven, singing praises, that was the joy set before him. When he was hanging on the cross, he was thinking of you and of me. He was compelled by love to make a way for you to understand God's love. He was compelled. And listen, I want to tell you this. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter where you find yourself today, it does not necessarily reflect how God feels about you because he settled how he felt about you on the cross thousands of years ago, and he said, I love you, and this is how you will know I love you, because I sent my son, and he died in your place. You don't have to question if God loves you. In fact, you need to know today that if you do question it, those are lies of the enemy, trying to keep you from walking in your identity, trying to keep you from understanding his love, trying to keep you from being all he has destined and designed you to be. Because a woman who knows her place, who knows who loves her, and who is filled with the love of a father and a king, wow, she is a powerful force against the kingdom of darkness. And so the enemy is going to whisper lies to you to make you believe that this is not true. He is going to try to tell you, you can't understand it. It's not for you. She doesn't know what you've done. Grace can't go that far. I'm here to tell you today, it can, and it does. And God's here to extend his grace and his love to you. I want to read one more scripture to you before we close this morning's session. This is found in Ephesians 4. It's a couple of verses, 16 through 19, and I just want to read it out over you. This is a prayer that Paul wrote, and I want to pray it over you today too. It says, starting in verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I think this is amazing. And I want to point out just a couple of things. First of all, he says, I pray that you would be rooted and established in love. What does that mean? It means that love, God's love, gives us something to stand on. It gives us something to sink ourselves into. So that when circumstances come against us, when lies come against us, when storms of life come against us, we can say, uh-uh, my daddy says I'm his and I am loved. And I don't care what voices want to whisper to you. I don't care what people in your life want to tell you you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not courageous enough. I'm here to tell you today that your daddy says you are. You are the daughter of a king whose love is so great for you. And he has crowned you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet with his unfailing, unconditional love. And that is how we walk. And honey, you got to hold your head up or that crown slips. Let me tell you that. When you walk in the room, you can hold your head high and you put your shoulders back and you say, my daddy loves me. And you don't have to look for love from anyone else because he's already filled that hole in your life. And I love what it goes on to say in this, in this verse. It says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, that you would be filled with love. He doesn't want you running on empty. He wants you to be filled with his love. He wants you to have more than enough. This isn't just squeaking by. This isn't just enough love so that I, I squish into heaven beside somebody else. This is a love that fills you so deeply that your life begins to impact others because there's more than enough love to flow out. And we're going to talk about that. I'm going to pick up right there. We're going to talk about that in our afternoon session. But there's something else that I want to do here today. I just want to ask, if this is the first time that you have ever heard this message of love, I want you to know that God has just asked that we respond. And when that love is presented to us, when it comes into our heart, all he asks is that we acknowledge it and that we speak it. And so if it's okay, I would love to pray a prayer with every woman in this place today, that you would know that you are loved, that you would know that you are his daughter, that you have been adopted into his family, that you've become part of his kingdom, and that you will spend eternity in heaven with Christ. If you don't have that assurance in your heart today, maybe your heart's pounding a little bit right now. Maybe you're thinking, I really want what that girl is talking about. I don't understand it, but I want it. Would you just slip your hand up into the air? It's just, it's just saying, yes, God, that's me. If you want that today, 
no one, no one will think anything of you. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Just slip your hand up and say, yes, I want that love. Is there anyone I can pray with here today? Thank you, ladies. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. How about we all pray together? I'll lead us in a prayer. The Bible says if we believe and confess, so I believe there's something really important about confessing this in this moment. So everybody, even if you've prayed this prayer before, would you pray along with me? Dear Jesus, I've heard your message of love today. And I believe you came for me. Jesus, I accept your forgiveness. I thank you for going to the cross and thinking of me. Jesus, I look forward to spending eternity with you. But while I'm still here on this earth, I pray that you would lead and guide me every day of my life. I give you my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in just a moment, our host is going to come back and give you some instructions. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time, if you want to pray with somebody or talk to somebody, they've actually put together a, a little package of stuff they want to give you. And so that's fantastic. There's one more thing I need to do in this session before we close. Sometimes God shows me things before I go and speak somewhere. Um, I don't like surprises, so I think he tells me ahead of time so I can prepare myself and, and I can be praying into it before I come. But I have felt all week long that today, specifically, there's someone here who is battling thoughts of suicide. And on Thursday night, I was driving in my car and I felt like I needed to intercede for this person that they would actually live and make it here today. So I feel so strongly that God is asking and putting that out there today. The same way he came for the Samaritan woman, the same way he came for me, his love is here for you today. And you need to know that those thoughts that you've been thinking are not his thoughts. They have nothing to do with God. They are actually your enemy who is trying to take you out. And I want you to be free today. So if that's you, I'm going to ask you to be really bold and really brave. But I believe if you take this step of faith, God is going to set you free today. So if that's you, I want you to stand up on your feet right now. Everybody here loves you. Everybody here cares about you. We want the best for you. So just stand, stand up if that applies to you. If you've been battling thoughts of suicide, even this week, I just want you to stand on your feet. And I'm just going to wait for a minute because I so strongly believe that someone needs to hear this today. It's okay. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be scared. We're here for you. So let me just pray this prayer and then I'll be done. Let me just say this. If it does apply to you, and you want to pray with someone after the service, we're going to have a prayer team. I brought some ladies with me. They're sitting over on the side here. They're just going to come up to the front. And if you would feel more comfortable coming to them and just praying with them, that's totally fine, okay? So God, I thank you for your love for us. 
I thank you that you came for us today with a message of your unfailing love. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you, God, that you reach out to us in kindness when we're broken and we're hurting and we're desolate. You come for us. So, God, I pray right now over every woman in this place that we would know your love, that we would learn how to be rooted and grounded in your love, that we would be filled to the measure that we need to be filled with your love, and that you would teach us what it means to give that love away. So, God, I just thank you for this. I pray that we would have a great rest of the day together. In your precious name, amen. Thank you for your support. If you want to connect with us, you can find us online at thecitychurch.ca.